Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks. Huge game coming up Sunday in Seattle, and welcome to the Game Plan Podcast, 1029thegame.com. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Judah Newby. The lead of the NFC West division will be on the line when the Seahawks and Rams meet in the Emerald City Sunday afternoon, and this is the last of three games in the regular season for the Seattle Seahawks. Perkins coming off the tough loss at Jacksonville last week, and what a frustrating loss that was. The Seahawks come into this one with pending health updates on Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. We're recording this on a Friday morning ahead of the injury reports being released later on this afternoon. So don't know exactly the full updates on both of their health. And certainly that will play a major role in, in determining how effective the Rams offense will be in this game. But overall, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to feel good about this matchup if you're a Seahawks fan. Not only that, Earl Thomas didn't practice because of a heel injury. Mm. Jimmy Graham didn't practice because of an ankle injury. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I th- I don't think that either of those guys are necessarily not going to play because look, if if you're Earl Thomas and your pinky hurts in the morning when you wake up, you're not practicing, mm-hmm. right? Like you've been with the team long enough that what's most important is being healthy on game day. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you need to be super concerned, but you know, a lot of times if guys don't practice, they just put NIR on there, right? Non-injury rest. Um, if they don't participate in practice, that was not what they put on those lists. So that is a little bit concerning as well. Um, I'm going to be quite frank with you, Judah. If Bobby Wagner does not play in this football game, Seattle is not going to win. They have no chance, no chance at all. At some point, there's a tipping point where you can't overcome certain things. And this isn't an excuse because the Rams are a very good team. And even if Wagner plays, I still think that it's a coin toss, you know, at best. But without Bobby Wagner in this football game, I don't know how you expect Seattle to overcome that. This is a guy that's played defensive player of the year level, defensive MVP level. You're already missing your best corner, one of your safeties, one of your best defensive ends. (laughs) I just don't know how you can overcome that going up against an offense like the Rams. No, it's a top five offense. And to lose a player in the middle of your defense to stop a top five offense, a player who's defensive player of the year caliber, that would be a game changer. I mean, that would be not, there's not a lot of guys that play defense that would affect the point spread. Bobby Wagner, to me, in this matchup is one of those guys. And I, and I don't know about you, but I, I saw some breakdown, some tape breakdown of the, uh, the 12 yard run from, uh, Mr. From, from Leonard. Leonard, yeah. Four wheeler. Fournette. He, that that was that play happened because linebackers were not in position to make plays. Right. I mean, and you are going to see a lot of that in this game. If and, and not only Bobby Wagner, but KJ Wright. I mean, who's a Pro Bowler in his own right. You know, is another guy that's out. But I mean, obviously, with the season Bobby Wagner has had, he's had one missed tackle all year. Didn't it come one. last week? I think it came last week because he hadn't had a missed tackle even through the Philly game. Yeah, that, the next closest linebacker to him is 10. I mean, it's incredible. It's inc- The way that he has played, how disciplined he has played this year is just absolutely incredible. It's otherworldly. And if he misses this game, I just don't know how you overcome that. I really don't. Right. I, I, I completely agree with you. Now, from a Rams perspective, they come into the game 9-4, and four, and they're 5-1 and one on the road this year. Their only road loss was at Minnesota a few weeks ago, and they have yet to lose two games in a row this whole season. What an incredible turnaround. I mean, it's been a 
continuing narrative throughout the NFL season. But what Sean McVay has continually been able to get out of this team with very similar personnel to what the previous Jeff Fisher regime inherited, it's been nothing short of impressive and has put McVay firmly in the conversation of NFL Coach of the Year. I mean, it's and it all starts with Jared Goff and, and Todd Gurley. Both of them are reaching their peak performance right now. They are. They're playing at a very high level. This is a team, when you look at DVOA on both sides of the ball, is very high, despite the fact that they do allow a lot of yards passing. You know, defensively, they're not the Rams teams that we've seen over the last three or four years. In the last month or so, they've been especially... Um, Gettable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the word. I, I didn't want to say bad because they haven't been bad, but they're just... You look at their stats, and they're in the bottom half of the league in most of your yards allowed, passing yards, rushing yards, those types of things, but you look at their DVOA numbers, and they're still pretty solid. Yeah, I, I haven't paid too close attention to a lot of the individual pieces. Here's what I assumed. I, I assumed going into the season. You know, Greg Williams is a great defensive coordinator. Uh, he leaves the Rams with Jeff Fisher's firing. Wade Phillips, though, is a proven really good to great defensive coordinator from what he did with the Texans and what he did with the Broncos. And the personnel stayed relatively the same. I mean, they still got good players over there. Obviously, Janoris Jenkins went to the Giants a couple years ago, but... You still got guys on the defensive line like Quinn and Donald. Um, Ogletree in the middle at Mike Linebacker that's still a good player. And good players on the outside and in the back end. But you're right, Perkins. They've been vulnerable in the second half, including last week when the Eagles, of course, led by a quarterback who's the front runner for the NFL MVP up until the time of his injury, they really did really well against the L.A. Rams defense in Los Angeles. I think overall what I mean is... The Rams had a better defense under Jeff Fisher than they currently do week 15 right now. They do, yeah. They, it's, a, it's a better matchup, even though the defensive line is still really good. They're a little banged up, too. One of their corners, I think, is going to be out for this game. So, I, I mean, this game could be very high scoring, let's put it that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you look at the Rams defensively, and I think there's opportunity there for Seattle. And as much as you and I said on Monday that Russell Wilson's MVP hopes probably went out the window, then Tom Brady loses to the Dolphins on the road. Carson Wentz is out for the rest of the year. Brady went 0 for 11 on third down, or the the Pats offense went 0 for 11 on third down. It's first if, time if you I've needed really, a window to open again, it's back open because of that. First time I've really seen him look old. He mm-hmm. looked just old in that game to me. I don't know. Like he was he was short hopping throws, and I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's breaking down, but in that game. In that Where, game, he didn't play well. And he has so. struggled against the Dolphins. And, it's, yeah. you know, they had that stat. He's like 7-9 and nine in Miami, which is classic, really, which is odd. Considering the Dolphins haven't been good the majority of his. Have they they've made the playoffs like twice in his career, maybe? Yeah. I mean, they haven't been good. But anyway, I think you look at that and you go, you know, Russell Wilson has been asked to do so much this year already. You know, this is a defense that's so banged up that the offense, there's there's not a lot of room for errors. So when there's interceptions thrown last week or or – you know, he takes a bad sack or this or that. It looks it's magnified by ten because there's just not that room for error anymore, which isn't fair to him. He's been playing at an extremely high level all season. Well, especially in the fourth quarter, and that's what we mentioned last week. Yeah. But when is that game going to come when it's quarters one through four? He's MVP dominant. To me, it might have to come in this game. This is the biggest game that they have the rest of the way. I mean, the Cardinals and Niners are still on the schedule, and don't get me wrong, the Niners have some sneaky competitiveness now with Jimmy Garoppolo at the starting quarterback. But look, this is the most important game. If Seattle doesn't win this game, I mean, you can probably kiss the NFC West goodbye and, and a playoff the playoffs. Berth. 
Yeah. Would you agree with that? I mean, yeah. this is massive. Yeah. Even if they went out, that's still 10 and six and tiebreakers. Uh, things have not fallen their way with teams, certain teams winning. So I don't know how no, you. If they went out, they go 11 and five. Uh, yeah. I'm talking or, about if they lose this yeah, game, though. Correct. 10 and six. Right. They went out the final two, I meant. Yeah. This is, this is a chance for Russell Wilson to put a stamp on an MVP season right now mm-hmm. in this game. You know, and unfortunately for him, the way he's going to have to do it is to play like 2015 second half Russell Wilson the entire game. He's going to have to, and his receivers, by the way, are going to have to um, do a little something to help him out as well. Sure. Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin, you know, to help. You expect Doug to bounce back, of course. Jimmy Graham, I, you know, who the hell knows with that guy. But, um, I mean, this is the game that's going to define the season, and it's going to define whether or not you have a legit MVP candidate on your team. Keep in mind, we wouldn't be able to talk about this game like this if Seattle hadn't beaten Philly. Remember two weeks ago we were going into the Philly game saying the same thing. No chance. They had could, no chance to win look, that game. It's a one-loss team, top team in the NFC with the MVP candidate walking into Seattle, and that was a comfortable two-score win. Yeah. Like that, that happened. Yeah. And Russell survived and yeah. played well against Philly's pass rush. Remember we were thinking, how is there a way that he's going to be able to survive that pass rush? And think about what the offensive line now has done in consecutive weeks. Eagles pass rush yeah. in Seattle, Jacksonville pass rush at Jacksonville. Two of the best pass rushes in the league right now. And the Rams with Donald and Quinn have got to be right up there as well. But, but they played well. They played decently. They yeah. played well, I think, against Philly. They played decently last week on the road. You know, that should be a vote of confidence going into this game, you would hope. I would agree. I, I mean, it's it's amazing what, what Brown coming in has done for Seattle. I mean, it's incredible when you look at it. The offensive line is a lot better. There's still obviously going to be issues and going to be a few jailbreaks because you have some young guys, and hopefully the penalties can be limited uh, on the O line this game because those are just drive killers, man. They're drive be, killers. Yeah. You know, but what did Seattle? How Fetty does. What there. did Seattle score against Philly? 24, 27? 23 to 10? 24 to 10. 24 to 10. Yeah. They're going to need more than 24. The offense yeah. played well in that game. You're going to need more than 24. Defense was amazing in that game, highlighted by the turnover at the goal line by Carson Wentz. Yes. Which, ironically enough, a turnover at the goal line in the first matchup with the Rams was huge (laughs) with the Gurley fumble, let alone the Cooper Cup drop in the end zone. So keep in mind, that 16-10 to final in L.A., you know, to me, I'm shocked looking at that result even now. Five turnovers forced by the Seahawks of the L.A. Rams. And, you know, I don't know how you feel, Perkins, but... Forcing turnovers has always been a staple characteristic of Pete Carroll-led defenses. Aside from that game, that's kind of been lost on this defense this year. It has, and a big reason is the the pass rush just hasn't been there like we've seen in years past. And in that game, Richardson was really disruptive. And when we've seen bad plays, it's a lot of time Richardson coming up the middle and getting in a quarterback's face and they're making a bad throw. So you're going to have to get pressure, and it's going to be tough with the, the system that they run to get pressure because of the quick release that they have in that system. But... You're going to have to do your best because, I mean, that's how you're going to make them pay. And you're going to have to probably get at least one turnover, if not two, in this game. And the offense is going to have to score in well into the 30s to win. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even care. I'm not even looking at that 16-10 game as any reference to this game. Isn't that amazing? It's a tale of two seasons. I don't think, yeah, I don't think this game will have any semblance to that one. None at all. I mean, you look at just injuries alone on both both teams. I mean, these teams both look completely different. Seattle's offense has played much better, save last week, as of late. Um, you know, and and look, you're going to have to play perfect, including your kicker, to win this ball game. I don't think Seattle doesn't have a chance without Wagner. I don't see how they get it done, but this is a chance for the offense to come out and say, "Look, we're going to have a big game. We're going to we for once are going to carry 
this football team to a victory. Well, it happened against the Texans. It did. You know, it's happened before. We've seen we've we seen for that twice are going to carry this team to a victory That's when the we need it most. Of That's the new podcast. Seahawks offense for a second time in its career <laughs> leads Seahawks to victory. Uh, we mean it tongue in cheek. Doesn't it seem amazing though? Just stepping back, perceiving what the Rams have done this season and what the Seahawks have done this season. Doesn't it seem amazing that we're in this position to talk about the Seahawks potentially getting the NFC West lead on, on yeah. week 15. Like to me, with the overall dynamics of each team, it feels like the Rams are up by three games. It does. Feels like they played that much better. And to see that Seattle already with just needs to beat them to basically win the division is incredible that they're in this position. Would, I you, agree. would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. And and you just look back at at things that have happened this season. Because the Rams, while they have losses, I mean, you're talking about a team that, you know, would they win last year? Six games? Yeah. You know, they started three and one last season and you know, ended up losing like eight straight or something crazy like that, you know. Um, and, you know, you look at this team this this last season and the turnaround that they've had. So it's easy to kind of go like, oh, they're playing with house money a little bit. There's not a lot of expectation or there wasn't going into the season. So it's kind of like Seattle in 2012 where they kept winning and you can kind of put on the rose colored glasses and see past some of their flaws because you're like, wow, this team is winning like they they picked eighth in the draft last year and yet here they are in in a position to defeat the Seahawks and and take the division crown and potentially take a first round bye. Like that's kind of the position that they're in right now and I think it's easy to look past some of their flaws but you know, if Bobby Wagner plays, this is a winnable game for Seattle at home. Um and you know, if if you have enough pieces, I think the if the Eagles game and the way Seattle has played at home historically has taught us anything, you can't count them out. Yep. I agree. If if B Wags plays, I think Seattle's got a shot. If he does, then I, I don't I don't think they got a shot. I, I agree. Pretty much uh, comes down to that. Let's run through some of these games really quick and we'll pick this one at the end. Uh, keep in mind games on a Saturday this weekend. Bears and Lions in Detroit. Um Bears good defense. Mitch Trubisky has stuff to prove. Stafford banged up a little bit. Lions technically on, on in the fringes of the playoff picture at seven and six. I'll take Detroit in this game. Yeah, I'll take Detroit. I mean what is anyone going to watch that? I could not care less about that game. NFL Network at 1.30 Saturday. Oh, yeah. By the way, did you see the the article saying that uh, he, this guy would take Matt Stafford over Russell Wilson, Andy Benoit? Seriously? Yeah. You didn't read that on the Monday morning quarterback? No. <laughs> oh, my Classic. Gosh. Classic Benoit. Yeah. Classic. Seriously. Classic Benoit. Yeah. Go read that if you want to just get really pissed off as a Seahawks fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chargers and Chiefs in Kansas City Saturday night. A pair of three or a pair of seven and six teams battling for the AFC West lead. Got to tell you what, no one wants to play the Chargers right now. They started 0-4. They've won seven of their next uh, nine games. They're rolling. Defense is good. Rivers, Allen, Gordon playing at a high level. You don't often pick a team on a primetime game to go into Arrowhead Stadium and win, but I'm going to take the Chargers. I think this is what's going to happen. You know what I'm about to say, I think. The Chargers, it's going to be a close game. The Chargers are looking good. All they have to do is drive down the field, kick a field goal to win. They have two and a half minutes on the clock. And with 30 seconds left, Phillip Rivers is going to throw a pick six to seal the deal for the Chiefs. To Marcus Peters. <laughs> All right. Is that a, what, what channel is that one on? NFL Network at 525. Oh, cool. So I can't watch it. Great. Right. Dolphins, Bills, and Buffalo. 
I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They obviously played well. I, actually, you know what? I'm going with the Bills because the Dolphins played well last week. There's no way they do it back-to-back yeah, weeks. fighting right? Jay Cutlers. Are you kidding me? No way. Who do you like? Bills. Ravens, Browns. Cleveland, go get that first win. No. They the, should have done it against Green Bay last week. The Ravens week. still have something to play for, right? Doesn't matter. It's kind of the same as the Dolphins effect. They have something to play for, so they're going to get killed by the Joe Browns. Flacco is not very good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Hot take. Hot, Hot take. take. I'll go Cleveland. Why not? No, no, no. I'm going to pick against Cleveland. When they win, it should be them. You don't want to pick the Browns to win and be right. You know, you want to be the guy that the Browns proved wrong at one time. Going with the Ravens. Ravens. Bengals, Vikings, and Minnesota. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Saints, <laughs> Saints, Jets, and New Orleans. Ain'ts. I mean, sometimes the Jets can put up a fight, but that's Saints all day. The Jets have been better this year than I think they expected to be. Of course. Todd Bowles getting that team to five wins and competitive yeah, and in he'll their probably get, He'll probably get fired anyway. Hmm? He's Unfairly, but. Yeah, I don't think he deserved to be fired. Eagles, Giants, and the Meadowlands. Um, yeah, what, what are the Eagles now with Nick Foles? Better than the Giants. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll I know. Go. Well, it's so funny because I've heard people say like, oh, the Eagles are still a Super Bowl contender without Wentz. So was Wentz really an MVP candidate then? I mean, quarterback's the most important position on the field. If you still feel like you're a legit Super Bowl contender without him, I don't know how you could seriously consider him an MVP. I think that they're a good team, but not a Super Bowl caliber team anymore. They're yeah. a playoff team, Judah. They need to be the one <laughs> seed, I think, to have a chance. I don't trust Nick Foles to go win you a game on the road. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they can take care. Of, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, we'll but they win this game for sure. If they win, they're twelve and two. Cardinals, Redskins, in Washington. Uh, Adrian Peterson out for the rest of the year. Not sure how much that matters. Redskins five and eight. That's tough. How did Seattle lose to that damn team? That kills me. God, give me the Cardinals. I'll take Washington. Packers, Panthers, and Carolina, the return of Aaron Rodgers. I think the Panthers win this game. Everyone's saying it really it, depends Rogers on what you back think. And better than ever. I'm like, how is he better than ever? Like, he's been out for two months. Yeah, I don't know how good he's going <laughs> to look, but I know it's a tough matchup your yeah. first game back to play against those linebackers. Must win. How good is Carolina? That's always a good question, but they just came off a huge win at home over Minnesota. That proved a lot to me. They're asking Cam Newton to, to not do as much as last year in, in the passing game. You look at his attempts, you know, much lower this year. Mm. You know, they're really relying a lot. I think Jay Stu went for three scores last week. He did. I had him on my bench. Um, I would... Uh, Sorry he's, about he that. He hasn't done anything all year. Salt in the wound. <laughs> but, you know, I think Cam Newton is really playing within himself. This, You know you know me, I like... I know Cam has done some really, really dumb stuff. and The, the females asking about routes thing was so stupid, but... You know, I always thought he kind of before that got kind of an unfair shake. I think uh, I think they win this game. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll go with Aaron Rodgers to pull the upset. Part of that is a selfish route because I'd rather have Green Bay win than Carolina. Obviously, for you would wild card standings. Yeah, you would rather. Well, then Seattle would be screwed because Green Bay has a tiebreaker. Well, Green Bay winning out has to go ten and six. So Seattle loses this week and wins their final two. They'd be ten and six. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I think I was thinking more of. Yeah, I I feel like you just kind of go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. All right, I'll pick the Packers anyway. <laughs> Texans, Jags, and Jacksonville. I'll go with the Jags. Uh, jagging off. <laughs> Give me the Jaguars. Patriots, Steelers, and Pittsburgh. Great game. One twenty-five on CBS. I'm taking the Pats to bounce back. 
put up a lot of points on Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, this is a big game because game. it. I I don't see the Steelers going into Foxborough and winning, right? I mean, you look at Pittsburgh's history in the playoffs going to New England. Not where they've lost like six. Yeah. Six games, I think, in Ben Roethlisberger's career in New England in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Patriots um, bounce back too. You know, it's Big Ben has lost six playoff games in Foxborough. There's no way that's true. Is that true? Six? I think so. His season has ended six times in New England. We're going to find out right now. In the meantime. Wait, wait, I got to tell you. Did you see the meme floating around after the Patriots lost that was like. like, like, Let me save you some time. If there's a meme that's floating around, chances are I haven't seen it. <laughs> the experiences we have on Twitter, Perkins, could not be more different. Considering Whatever we follow a lot of the do, same people. Considering we follow a lot of the same people and have the same general interests. Whatever you have experienced on Twitter is so much more different than what I get out of Twitter. It's incredible. Social media in general. Are you on Snapchat? I am, but I'm not. I don't like follow anybody. I'm like the only guy I know around the twenty something range that's not on Snapchat. No, I just I don't. I don't know, man. I whatever. I don't. No, I don't follow. No, it keep it a hundred. Why are you? Why are you on Snapchat? I'm on Snapchat because my wife wanted me to get on there. I'm like, why don't we just text each other? Like, she wants to like Snapchat me stuff, and I'm like, like cat photos, like photos like she's at work. Yeah. Like, I'm like. Put on the... Just text me. I have to go into this app now, and I have to like push the button. Like, if you just text me, I can read it. For, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Like, I joined it. The filters can be kind of fun sometimes. Whatever, whatever. But I don't follow like people who do publicly. Like, I pretty much only have Snapchatted with her and like one other buddy of mine. That's it. Yeah. But yes, our Twitter experiences. I'm a bit. You know me. I'm a big Twitter user. I'm on there. Yes. Way more than I should be. You're a tweet machine. I don't tweet as much, but I love. I love memes and gifs and all those things, and they're fun. I can't believe it's gifs. If you really say it's Google gifs, it. I will. I will go Google with it. you. But I always thought <laughs> gif was the peanut butter, J, and gif was the was the uh, social media experience with a G. But apparently, I'm wrong. You know what? I'm looking at this, and I believe that I was talking about um, overall record. Overall record. Okay. In New England, so I, I apologize. Say, so House of Horrors, if he had a season and six times I mean, he has, in Foxborough. They have I mean he has lost to New England in the playoffs. Oh yeah. I'm um sure. a couple of times. But yeah. not not so I'm a, okay. I think I'm thinking overall record, but he has not yeah. done well to say no. the least. But there was a meme ro- rolling around with the Patriots that was something like like if you like you need to stay strong after a loss or you're not a real fan or something. I'm like, You lost one game. Go bleep yourself. <laughs> like without Gronk. Yeah. You lost one game. You have, like, 10 wins on the year. Like, shut up. By the way, dude, it's good that you lost the game. I mean, it's giving you crazy motivation now the rest of the way. Yeah. kind of need that. And you win this game, and you have home playoff, home field. Yeah. It's, it's pretty still, much a done deal. It's still there. Deal with it. It's fine. Who do you like? Oh, give me the Steelers. Okay. I'll take New England. Titans, Niners. Mariota has not played well. Played really bad last week. Apologized for being rude to the media. When he said I was pissed it's, off at my play. You can't root against the guy. I love that guy. You can't root against him. Jimmy but he G. Has not played well. Jimmy G. I mean, dude's got it all. He's the got Niners the looks. are favored. I know. They're That's favored insane. in this game. A team, uh, their favorite, a three win team is favored over a AFC playoff, <laughs> content, AFC playoff contender. Give me the Niners. I, I'm, I'm not betting against Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah. He's got it all. The Sunday night <laughs> game is Cowboys Raiders. It's like you could have flexed 
Pat Steelers. You could have flexed Seahawks Rams, but instead you go Cowboys Raiders. I mean, I know it's the Cowboys, so any chance you can get them on Sunday night, you do it. But Cowboys Raiders in Oakland, you really want to do that? Yeah, I was talking with uh, with uh, Joe Simons, who hosts a podcast on this very website on Twitter, yeah. and uh, he's a he's a Cowboys fan, and I was very upset about having to watch Giants Cowboys Cowboys last, last week. That was like the morning game. And I get it with the scheduling because we get the Titans in this market because of Mariota, so we weren't able to watch the Panthers-Vikings game. But it was still annoying. Like, it still annoyed me. And I, so he tweets at me. He's like, you know, I know you're a Seahawks fan, and I had to watch years of mediocre Seahawks. I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're subject. As a Cowboys fan, I don't feel bad for you at all. We're subject to Cowboys national games multiple every single year, regardless of how good they are. Like, we get them on Thanksgiving. We get tons of Sunday night games. We get the freaking 125 Fox games if Seattle's not playing. It's always a national game. And this proves my point right here. Are you kidding me? Um, I got to correct something <laughs> I said earlier, Brian. I said that the Seahawks, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was thinking of last year's schedule because they finished last year playing home to Arizona, road to San Francisco. I just had that in my head for some I reason. I thought you were talking about the Rams' final two games. But the, I said the Seahawks would play against Jimmy Garoppolo, and they don't play Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. They play Dallas next they week. get the on, boys. On Christmas Eve. Yep. And I guess with Zeke. You know, Cowboys still on this because it's the last game without Zeke. And, of course, they are in playoff contention. Because if they beat Seattle, they still have a chance to get, you know, 10 and 6, the Cowboys. You're do. rooting for the Raiders in this game if you're a Seahawks fan. Yeah. Big time. Because that, well, that knocks Seattle or the Cowboys pretty much out of playoff contention. Yeah. Which what type of team do you get that next week? So I would love for the Raiders to win that game. Uh, Monday Night Football's Falcons, Bucks, and Tampa. I don't like anything about the Bucks, so I'll go with Atlanta. I assume you do as well. Falcons, Bucks, and Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Takes us to this game. Wrapping it up here. Rams, Seahawks in Seattle. If Bobby Wagner plays, what do you think happens? I think that regardless of result, Russell Wilson is going to have a huge game. I think he's going to run for 50-plus. He's going to have three to four total touchdowns. He's going to have a huge game. And I think he's going to throw for over 300 yards. I mean, I, I really— That's a huge game. It is. It is. <laughs> More the yardage than anything. But I think, look, this is this is the game. You see Seattle play conservative a lot, like in Jacksonville last week, you know, all these things. I think that the coaching staff and your— your personnel have to realize how important every point is in this game and you have to be aggressive and you can't, you know, essentially punt on a second down when it's second and long, you have to play aggressive and try to get to the sticks in some way, shape or form. And I think that's going to go to their benefit. And I think Seattle's going to score well into the thirties. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, even if Wagner plays, I think it's going to be a close, closer game. And I think Seattle, uh, give me 34, 37, Rams. Wow, that's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm going 33-27 Rams. And um, but you got to be able to force turnovers if you're going to win this game for Seattle. To me, that they'll be huge. That's the reason they won the first matchup. It's got to be the reason they win the second as well somehow. And it's just a modicum of pressure. That's it a, is. It's, and, it's not like hitting golf. It's just like making them a little bit uncomfortable. It's the same argument that you use for Brady and Manning. When they were at the peaks of their games, you know, it's making them uncomfortable enough that they can't put beautiful zip and accuracy on the intermediate throws. And they think twice before making a throw down the field because they've been rushed on a three-step drop. You know, it's making them uncomfortable, making them take the extra split second to think 
to keep Jared Goff from having a huge game. Gurley is first matchup. He had 14 rushes for 48 yards on Seattle. That's not going to happen this time. He's going to go for much more than that. But can you at least get a pass rush? I think pass rush and turnovers will indicate whoever wins. Regardless, a lot of points. I think the Rams win by 6, 33-27. You and I both have uh, Blair Walsh making a field goal. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of fans are pissed, you know, that he's still on the team, but they have no cap space. They have no room to sign anybody. Right. And I think that's, you know, I like that they're at least taking the supportive approach because they know they can't bring anyone else in at this point. I mean, everyone's like, well, who's better? Well, you can find someone that can kick a 40-yard field goal, okay? Like that, that, we're not talking 55 yards as he's missing here, but, you know, I was looking at, you look at their cap situation, um, I was like, man, they got to cut him. That's what I was saying earlier this week. You can't. They have no room. Yeah, you so, just got to trust that he'll figure it out. Are you going to Bruce Arians it like he did last year and throw his kicker under the bus and make him lose all self-confidence, or are you going to try to prop him up this year and, and try to ride out the season and hope he finishes well? I think they're approaching it the right way. You know there's going to be big kicks coming. Maybe it starts this week, but there's going to be big kicks coming, and this team is still in the postseason position. And if this game comes to a field goal, I won't be able to watch it. No. Well, literally. But also, I would. I don't think I could actually watch a scenario where he has to kick a field goal. The reverse jinx is in full effect. We both picked the Rams, both rooting for the Seahawks. For Brian Perkins, I'm True Danubi. We'll talk about it again on Monday, everybody. This is the Game Plan Podcast on 1029thegame.com. <laughs>